0: Over these last few weeks, we've been in a series called Made for Mondays. Many of us have this idea that we just work so we can pay for all the stuff we need, or maybe to pay off all the stuff we already have. Or some think that work is a curse. But we've been talking about how God created us to work. We've talked how churches have communicated about calling, and and the jobs that really are the only jobs that you are called to is maybe working as a pastor or as a missionary. People think that if they're really to live for God, they need to quit their jobs and go work at a church or get on a plane and go live in another country for Jesus. We hope to change that idea. We want you to know that God has gifted you, and if you are living in that gift, you are living in his calling. If you've missed any of these messages and you want to go back, these messages will live forever on our YouTube channel. Just search CLCC Church and hit subscribe, and you won't miss any more of our messages. We continue our series on Made for Mondays. Many think that working is just a curse of the fall. But in fact, Adam was working before the original sin. Work was God's good idea. Adam, right from from the beginning, was doing something that God called him to do. He was naming the animals. It was more than a job. Right from the beginning, Adam was showing us that we need to find purpose in our jobs. I can only imagine at the end of a long day as God shows off what he made and Adam is enjoying his job naming them, God might have said, okay, Adam, just a few more for today. And, and another one comes out and Adam says, elephant. And God says, how do you spell that? Is that with an L and an F? And Adam thinks, man, you, you just taught me how to speak yesterday. and now, now we're spelling? And then the next one comes out and Adam says, let's name that one Dog. God says, hey, that's my name backwards. Okay, Adam, one more. God says, one more and we're done for the day. And Adam says, cat. God looks at this and says, wait a minute, who created that? I didn't create that one. But God created work as something fulfilling. And we've learned that we need to find where our work takes chaos and brings order. Our goal through this series is to help you find something fulfilling or you can have purpose in something that God has called you to do. I think that for some of you, this is an important series because work brings you dread. And we don't want Mondays to be a day of dread. We want you to find purpose in your job and thrive and find this fact that God has made you for Monday. Today, I want you to think about how you think about work. Maybe it's not about what you do and more about the attitude you have towards it. Maybe it's more about why we work and not what we do. I think for many of us, we feel stuck in these jobs that we don't like or jobs we feel that we're overqualified for. I think that God calls us to find purpose in our daily activities and tasks to understand that we are made for Mondays. For years, I suffered from this disease I call CWD, can't wait disease, always asking what's next. Now, don't look it up. I don't think you'll find it in any medical articles, but I know that it's real because I've suffered from it for years and in some ways I still do. I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't wait until I was 13 to be a teenager. That only lasted for a few months. Then I couldn't wait to be 16 so I could drive all by myself. And that was cool until my parents told me I had to drive my little brother around. Then it was when I couldn't wait to get out of high school, then get into college. I don't remember how many weeks I was in college until I wanted to graduate. Then it was, I can't wait to get married then have kids. Then it was for the kids to sleep through the night. Then it was for the kids to get out of diapers. Then it was, I can't wait till they drive themselves around. Now it's, I just can't wait for the kids to get out of the house. Uh, If my kids are watching, uh, I'm just kidding about that. (laughs) I always thought that happiness was in the next stage of life. Happiness happened for a while, but not long. This can't wait disease can get transferred to our jobs too, can it? My very first job was at McDonald's making hamburgers. I want but I wanted to work retail, thinking I'm so much I'd be so much cooler when I'm not wearing those polyester pants from McDonald's and get to sell designer jeans and rather than asking, "Do you want to supersize that?" I I, I was asking, uh, "Would you would you want a t-shirt that goes well with those blue jeans?" And I thought, "Is this really what I'm called to do?" I suffer from can't wait disease and you might too. Can't wait disease is terrible. Now, there's nothing wrong with you wanting something better for yourself. It becomes a problem when you're always looking beyond where you are or not even trying because you know that you were made for more. Or maybe you say things like, I'm not trying because this is a terrible job. No one notices me. I don't get paid enough to work that hard. So you know what? I'm not even going to try. So now you're stuck in a job you don't like and you have a bad attitude. It's not a great combo. Now, I like people who have drive. Wanting a better job with more responsibility isn't a bad thing. I want to hire those people who want it more for themselves, work hard to enforce their employers, to give them more responsibility than what they have right now. What I don't want is people saying, I won't do that because God has called me to do something different. You might think, okay, Troy, that's not me. I actually love my job. But how do you react when you're giving it tasks that you don't like, or you don't feel that it's in your job description? We can get that attitude when we're given tasks that we don't want to do, or maybe we're even put on teams where we just don't want to be on. I think that in my job search, and the de- desire to get to the next stage of life, I was on a happiness quest. I was chasing what I thought was next, and that would make me happy. The idea that would, that's just what's, what's right around the corner is the thing that will make me happy. Maybe I was driving for the wrong thing. We know that happiness is a feeling, and we know that feelings lie to us. Maybe we need to change our perspective and what we shoot for in our jobs, and don't think that your job will make you happy. Only you can make you happy. There's a story I heard about these friends who fished together. One day they were out on their boat and they were having this incredible day where it seemed like every time they threw their line in, they were pulling out another fish. Time after time, they'd throw their lines in and they would catch a fish. It was unbelievable. So they had to remember where they were fishing that incredible day to remember their favorite spot. So So they got some red paint out and painted a huge red X on the bottom of their boat so they'd remember where they were. They never had another bad day fishing. You know what they found out? They found out that having a good day wasn't about position, it was about attitude. Paul, who is someone who writes about this in one of his letters to a church in Corinth, he, they, they suffered from can't wait disease and its close cousin, what else is out there disease? He wanted them to check their attitude. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you in and remain as you were when God first called you. Here Paul is talking about people's relationship status. Whether people should stay married or not when, they're start, when they started following Jesus. He knew something about relationships. I think we can apply to jobs. Just like having the right job won't make you happy, being married won't make you happy either. Now, I'm sure all the married people hearing this are, were tempted to say amen to that statement. But they're afraid to say amen because that would cause an argument and that would make them less happy in the long run. And that just proves my point. People who want to get married need to know that if you aren't happy before you get married, you probably won't be happy after. The job of the other person isn't to make you happy. I find that most people know that if they're a happy single person, they have a better chance of being a happy married person as well. I know that this passage is about relationships, but I love the principle that Paul is getting at here. If you're happy in your job now, you will be happy in another job continue to live in the situation that you find yourself in. It's not the job that makes someone happy. Maybe we might even say it this way, grow where you're planted. Even if you feel it's a job beneath you or if you think it's a bad job, grow where you're planted. Now, when I think of people in the Bible who had a bad job and was fulfilled, I think of Joseph from the Old Testament. Now, many of you know the story of Joseph, but for those who don't, let's hit the highlights and review some of the story today. One day, Joseph is given a job to go to his brothers, his his older brothers, and find out how they were doing. As his older brothers see him coming, they make a plan. They plan to kill him and then tell their parents that a wild animal attacked Joseph on the way. One of the brothers talks the rest from killing him, and instead, they just sell him as a slave. So Joseph is going from a family where he's the favorite son to property of someone. He gets purchased by a man named Potiphar. Now, if you think you have a bad job, if they tell him that he needs to work, he works. If they tell him he needs to do something, he has to do it. You think you work for low pay and you don't like your benefit package? When you wish you got a little bit more vacation days, think of Joseph and how whatever he was doing, whatever he was facing, he, 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 kept, he kept working and pursuing purpose. If you mess up at work, <clears throat> you might get into motion or fire. Joseph worried that he'd lose his life. There are no benefits, no holidays. He's actually not paid. He's just given the privilege of being alive. Mm. Then the author records something in this book that encourages me. And it, it, he's, he's stuck working for a family and he's being forced to work as a slave. And this is what they write in Genesis chapter 39, verse 2. Joseph succeeded in everything he did. Was it because he was happy? Was it because he was doing something that made him happy? His situation dictated that he shouldn't be happy. He was, he was a slave. He wasn't even wanted by his brothers. But Joseph works hard, not, not at what he thought he would be doing when he was a young child, but like Paul encourages his readers to do, continue to live in the situation the Lord had placed him in. We find that Joseph was put in charge of everything Potiphar owned. This is how the story is told in verse five. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household. For Joseph's sake, all of his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility, excuse me, over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph has this attitude that he's there he might as well make a difference. And he works to the point of being in charge of the whole household. The story goes on. One day Potiphar's wife comes to him and tries to force him to sleep with her. And as a slave, you were to do whatever your master told you to do. And Joseph is put in a very tough place. He knows he should do whatever the owners ask of him. But there's something about this request where he knows he shouldn't do this. He runs away and embarrasses Potiphar's wife and Joseph is then accused of doing something that he didn't do and is thrown into jail for doing something he should have done. Framed by his master's wife, he's thrown into jail. Now, he could have had a pity party. He could have had a pity party saying, I don't deserve this. And he didn't deserve that. He was made for more. This isn't what he was created to do. He might not be in jail. You're feeling the same thing. You're feeling like you were created for more. This isn't the job you really want to do. Maybe there are things in this job that you don't like to do. There is hope that you can do this. Joseph was a slave. He gained the respect of the family. He worked for them, and they gave him more and more responsibility. But wherever Joseph went, he was successful, not because of his position. He was waiting for the, he wasn't, if he was waiting for the right situation or just the right job to work hard, he didn't have it here. Now we've seen Joseph in two situations, and really, they're not jobs. They're just things he had to do. He couldn't quit his slave situation that he found himself in. He, he wasn't getting out of jail by just handing in his two weeks notice. He was there. Every part of that situation says that he wasn't striving for happiness. How can you be happy as a slave or in jail? I don't know about you, but I might've had a very bad case of can't wait disease. We don't have the time today to tell the whole story, but Joseph gets out of jail because of his attitude. And then Joseph ends up being the second most powerful person in the world, not because he pursued happiness, but because he pursued purpose. He was successful, not because of his situation, because his situation was never good, but because of his attitude. Maybe he knew something more about happiness than we do in the 21st century. Maybe he knew about purpose. Maybe he knew that happiness was more than his job. Maybe it had something to do with his attitude. Every time when he got a job that he didn't like, he didn't sulk, he looked for purpose, not happiness. Joseph, no matter where he was, no matter what situation he found himself in, he didn't suffer from can't-wait disease. You know what I found? I found that the happiest people in the world have this idea that wherever you are, there you are. Be present where you are. Now, I'm taking this from Joseph. And maybe God's will for your life is just to be present wherever you are. And you can get away from the can't wait disease. Now, I know there are circumstances where jobs can make you miserable. If, 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 it's, if it's unsafe for you to go to work in the job you're in, or you feel like you're being taken advantage of or even harassed, you know, you can get out. Find another job. But if you're safe, if you're feeding your family and your job is paying the bills, just don't leave because you don't feel happy going to work. Or if you feel that your job is below you, maybe you just need to change the way that you're thinking. But I think for the most part, people change jobs because they feel that this job isn't making me happy no matter where you are today you are there don't suffer from the disease of i can't wait until or as paul puts it each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the lord has placed you change your attitude with where you are now enjoy where you are right now something else i picked up from joseph is this don't pursue happiness pursue purpose happiness is fleeting a purpose lasts the problem is most people, are, are they're on a happiness quest and they only find out that when they get there, there's always something else to make them just a little bit more happy. We all know something that we have had that we thought would make us happy. We bought it maybe with credit and it didn't make us happy and now we're not happy. We don't have as much money and we're trying to sell it on Facebook marketplace. <laughs> there's this lie that says our job should make us happy. It's along the same lines as being married to the right person will make you happy. If you're looking for something else or someone else to make you happy, you're looking in the wrong place. You might think, when I get a better job, I'll work harder, I'll do my best. In this job, no one notices me, no one cares, they don't even know if I'm there. You might think that your next job will bring you happiness. And you can't wait to get there, but when you look back on your last job, that one didn't make you happy either, what are we learning? (laughs) The scripture we've been looking at wasn't written when Joseph was alive, but maybe Paul was thinking a little of Joseph when he wrote it, wrote it. Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as you were when God first called you. Maybe he knew what we need to understand. Wherever you are, there you are. Make the best of it. There's a saying that I think most of us have heard before. It states that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's the attitude of what's next. What I don't have will make me happy. I find that the grass gets greener with water and fertilizer. I think fertilizer is the attitude of what you have when you're at work. Until you accept the fact that God has you there for a reason, you'll always be looking for what's next and miss what God has for you right now. Maybe God has, has you there for a reason. Maybe your job has more to do with the people around you than the tasks you're doing. I really believe it's your attitude, not your position, that will bring you purpose at work. What was Joseph's attitude? I don't deserve this job. I don't think, I, I'm, I don't think that deserving had anything to do with it, but I'm here for a reason. I'm going to pursue purpose over happiness and maybe get both. Maybe you're watching today and you're struggling with your job. Would you ask for prayer? Maybe you've never met Jesus that we talk about. Maybe ask a trusted friend to pray with you. If you don't have one trusted friend, reach out to us at the office. We'd love to pray for you. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I know that people listening today are probably in jobs that they don't like. God, I pray that they might find the purpose in their job, the reason that you have them there right now. God, I pray that we would not suffer from the can't wait disease and we would be present at our moment and we would take the jobs that we're in right now and work them hard So God, thank you for jobs that we have. I pray that you just continue to call us to look for purpose and not happiness. In a minute, a question is going to pop up on the screen. Take this time and talk about it with the people you are watching with or think about it yourself. This is the question. In your own words, what's the difference between finding a job with purpose and finding a job that makes you happy? What if we didn't look for happiness in our jobs and we look for something with purpose? There's an old story of three bricklayers and how they viewed their jobs as they built a church. The foreman asked the first bricklayer, What are you doing? The bricklayer said, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working hard laying bricks to feed my family. (laughs) The second bricklayer responded, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall. But the third bricklayer, the most productive of the three, when asked the question, What are you doing? he replied, I'm a cathedral builder. I'm building a great cathedral to the Almighty. Now, that guy was more successful, not because of his job, not because of his position, but because of his attitude. Time and time again, I see God showing up in amazing ways in people's lives, not because they had some special gift, but because they were present in the moment. Their attitude is that right now, I am here, and I will look for opportunities to be used by God no matter what job I work in. What do it look like for you to take that attitude with you in your work week If you're working in in a daycare, you're not just taking care of kids, you're molding young children's lives. If you're a nurse, you're not just taking care of patients, you're treating them the way that Jesus would take care of them, even when they treat you poorly. Maybe you're an Amazon driver and you just feel like you're dropping off boxes. You're not just dropping off packages, you're getting people items that they need to sustain themselves may you truly understand that finding your purpose in your workplace is way more important than finding a job that makes you happy. Maybe if we find purpose, happiness will follow. Our doxology for this series is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope to see you back here next week.